I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome into Brewcast for Maze of Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy here, along with Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani, here with you on Monday night, January 18th, headed into Tuesday, January 19th, streaming live on Twitch. Already got some people fired up in the comment section. That's probably due to Anthony, you know, but uh, uh, thank you for joining us here on, on the Twitch stream live, as we do if you're listening on the podcast, as we do every Monday night, 7.30, live on Twitch. Come hang out, uh, be a part of the conversation and man today has just been a whirlwind apparently you know january 18th was just the day all the news decided to drop Uh, apparently we've got uh, transfer news we've got new coaching hires uh we've got a big name in the recruiting class that isn't going to be doing something that a lot of people thought he was going to be doing so we're going to get to it all before we dive in chris anthony what's going on guys how we doing here today uh, doing pretty good, except uh, the people who had the notification on Twitch to come here and watch it live just got it uh, last week's notification. So if you'd like to reroute for Ohio State to lose by 100 points, uh, feel free to fire that game back up from last week. But yeah, we're doing good. Um, it's always good to be back chatting with you fellas. Um, it was a very busy day. Technically, it was supposed to be a day off for me, given the the national holiday, but as is tradition, it didn't work out that way. So, um, but we're here, we're chatting, um, and we'll, we'll do the thing. For sure. One thing that about this football program is, and I thought maybe things would subside once we got to the end of the season. It hasn't. News just keeps on churning out and it gives us plenty to discuss. This is a football program that, you know, I think you get more news when you have a program that is 
kind of in the current state that this program is in, which is one that is is trying to kind of fix itself from within. And you it leads to a lot of coaching changes and it leads to a lot of turnover within the program as well, as far as players are concerned. And that's probably what we're going to lead off with today. So and never a dull moment regarding Michigan football. Yeah. So the, probably the biggest news here today. And um, I, I find it funny and, and rather ironic. I think back to when we talked about the incoming freshman class and particularly about Zach Charbonnet, we were very excited when Michigan signed Zach Charbonnet, we, we thought, you know, we talked a lot about the lack of, you know, Michigan running backs. And we actually thought, I, I, I don't know if we all said it or just one of us said it. Uh, and I think one of the predictions was that Zach Charbonnet was going to be the yep, best, the, the best running back since Mike Hart. And ironically did enough, I say, did I say that really? Yeah. I believe Good so. Lord. Someone did. We, we I think I, that we was, talked no, about that. That was probably that. me. Well, you, I went you, all in. I, I put all my chips in on the, on the You better come with the receipts bet. with an accusation like that. No, he's probably. I, I don't think it was an accusation. I think uh, I might have said it. I, that's just, I remember <laughs> that being a thing. And I think, ironically, I, it. I think what I said was, okay, it was that I thought he was going to have a very good year. But I think what I specifically said was oh, that career-wise, this was career-wise. Career, career, okay, well then, yeah, screw me, I guess. Then <laughs> yeah, you're probably. I guess what I meant to say was that Michigan had not had a featured back for more than right. one year since Mike Hart. By default, he may end up being the best since Mike Hart. And I'll tell you what, I was feeling great when one carry into the season. And, or uh, just just as a freshman, I mean, the guy the guy was coming off knee surgery. I know he had a tough time cutting a little bit out there, but. Again, ironically enough, you know, I know that comparison was made that he had a chance to be, you know, the guy or the featured guy like Mike Hart. Michigan hires Mike Hart as the running backs coach. And about two to three days later, Zach Charbonnet transferring out of the program. That was announced today that he did enter the transfer portal. Um, I, I saw it not surprising uh, to a lot of people. I don't know what happened this year uh, with Zach Charbonnet. I remember got, asking you guys, it was, it was the pod before the Minnesota game. And I asked you guys why we hadn't heard much about Jack, Zach Charbonnet in camp. And, and I, that really stuck out to me, but you guys kind of, you know, weathered me down. It's like, there really wasn't much coming out of camp. You know, it was a pandemic. We didn't really know what, what all was going on or whatnot, but like you said, Chris, I mean, he answered the call in the Minnesota game, the the one rush of the house. He ended up with 19 carries through six games here this year. Uh, I don't know. The big mystery is going to be what happened with Zach Charbonnet during his tenure here. Ugh, geez, that, that's a loaded <laughs> question. I mean, I, I tend to think it was probably – well, there's a few aspects to it. One, I don't think he was ever totally healthy all the time. The best, yeah. honestly, the best and most healthy he ever looked was probably the Citrus Bowl last year. That was as as quick and as tough as I'd seen him run. But in last year, well, I guess you know it's technically two seasons ago now, you started to see Hassan Haskins emerge. And this is where, so I'm going to lead it with this because we do this anytime – someone who is a, I mean, he's a top 50 guy or he was coming out of high school. So that's, it's not insignificant that he's leaving. So I don't want to poo poo that at all, but if there was a position that you're, you would, you could afford to lose a guy at, it's probably running back given that Hassan Haskins has emerged over the last, you know, 18 months as 
to me, what my eyeballs look like, the best running back on the team. You've got Blake Corum there. You've got Donovan Edwards coming in. Like there's, there's a lot of guys there. And is it a coaching problem? Yes, I kind of think so. And if it wasn't, I think that Jay Harbaugh might still be your running backs coach, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Part of the problem with it's just Michigan's run game in general. Even when Hassan Haskins was kind of cooking, they'd take him out and you wouldn't see him for a few drives. And that's the blessing and the curse of being as deep as they are, not just there, but at wide receiver too. I mean, think about Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, Tariq Black. None of those guys were ever probably truly happy and none of them are here anymore. So it's one of those things where it's a blessing to be deep and you can afford to lose guys there, but it's, it's almost like, and this is one of the biggest, probably the most important thing of the offseason to me, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is they need to figure out who their guys are and, and build around that. Because I think when you do this thing like they try to do, like Michigan has tried to flex its depth. But mm-hmm. when you're giving the ball to a lot of guys to try to keep them happy, you're really not keeping anyone happy. So I, I re- would really hope that instead of the four back routine, maybe we just see two guys get most of the carries and a third guy. And there's a change of pace. So it sucks. Uh, like I said, I, I thought, I thought he would be a good player. I still think he is a good player. He could probably go be a lead back somewhere right now. But when you look at Michigan's running back room, Blake Corum is ready to play. Hassan Haskins is obviously probably the best running back on the roster. And then Donovan Edwards didn't, come to Michigan to not touch the football. So I guess the writing was on the wall there. So that's, that's what it boils down to for me. It's kind of a chicken or the egg situation. Cause you wonder what came first. Was it Hassan Haskins emergence or was it Michigan's refusal to play Zach Charbonnet? Cause that's what was weird. Even after that Minnesota in that, the first carry of the season, the 75 yard house call uh, against Minnesota, they didn't play him. He not only had 18 more yards, like you or I'm sorry, 18 more carries, like you said, Luke, but 2.72 yards per carry in those 18 carries. Now, poor offensive line play, poor play calling when your carries or, or time on the field is so spread apart like that. I'm sure it's hard to get any sort of rhythm going as a running back. But I, you know, I see a lot of people on Twitter kind of upset about this. And to me, to that, I say, yeah, it's, it's whatever to me. I, I do think Hassan Haskins, when they played him, and one of the big rants I went on this season was this whole, hey, Hassan Haskins is running the ball really well. Let's make sure we give it to four other guys before he sees the field again. But I, I do think that it was clear in the six games of limited action that we all saw a season ago, RB1 war, war number 25. I, I don't think that that is that hot of a take. I do think Charbonnet will go somewhere and be quite good. I still think he has a lot of potential. Will does remain Michigan's all-time leader in freshman in touchdowns by a freshman, you know, out, you know, beating some some heavy competition is what would have been his current uh running backs coach included in Mike Hart. I think there's a lot of potential there and like you said Anthony, I think health was was an issue. It never seemed like he was always right, but even when he was right it just seemed like he he saw the field in, in limited action. I mean, really, he was the, he was their leading rusher in 2019, but people kind of forget that. Even after those first six games, they got 30 carries against Army. In the last four or five games of the season, it felt like even then 
Haskins had started to emerge. He was the Charbonnet was the best player on the field the first half of the of the Citrus Bowl, and in the second half, Hassan Haskins saw a majority of the carries. So it kind of seemed like the coaching staff was a bit happier with what Haskins and even Quorum were doing. But with that said, you have a guy who was four five star recruit, one of the top players in the country, now transferring. Uh, it, it is it is disappointing in terms of depth, but may, I, I do feel like that running backs room was getting a little bit crowded anyway. I think it got better than they expected it to. Cause you look at Zach Charbonnet, he was able to make an early impact because, you know, just flash back to whatever it was 18 months ago, Ben Van Summeren was getting reps at running back. Hassan right. Haskins wasn't really a guy yet. You lost, uh, you know, you lost Karan Higdon. Chris Evans wasn't with the team. So the opportunity was there for early playing time. And then other guys kind of elevated around him and, like I said, I tend to believe that maybe he just, maybe it just wasn't looking great in practice. I, I don't know, but with the transfer rules and the fact that guys can come in and, and go anywhere and, and play right away now, this doesn't, you know, guys want to play. So this isn't surprising to me or really shocking or upsetting at all. Yeah. It's, I mean, there were a couple of interesting things I think is, you know, you talked about it, Anthony, that the, the, the rooms were loaded. The talent has been there. You know, you, you had the receivers, like you mentioned in DPJ, uh, Nico Collins and Tariq black. We're, we're talking about the running back room with Haskins and Corum and, and all these guys, but there, there seems to be an issue. And I think Chris kind of alluded to this, you know, the first couple of years with Jim Harbaugh, it, we always heard about the, the meritocracy. And, and I feel like that's not really a thing right now. And I'm going to preface this by saying, Michigan is obviously not Alabama, but I mean, you think, you think of, you know, the, the wide receiver group last year with them where they had Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, and Devonte Smith all, all on the field. <laughs> I, well, you, and you think back to two years ago when, when Najee Harris first got to Alabama, he was in the same running back room with like Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. And like, he had to, he had to wait his turn completely as well you know and like i get it alabama can do that a little bit but that's kind of the culture that michigan needs to set some of these guys i feel like maybe they're getting too much promise i feel like a lot of guys are getting too much playing time a little too early and they might not be ready for it just to keep them happy and i think that's hurt the progression of the offense a little bit too so there needs to to be a balance and i saw someone point out that there was going to be attrition in the running back room and, and i absolutely agree uh, and, and it seemed like Charbonnet was going to be the one to go because he stopped seeing touches on the field. The issue I have is when healthy, I still think he was, he's probably the most talented running back on Michigan's roster the last two years. Haskin was the better runner the last two. Cause I don't think Charbonnet was fully healthy, but if he were to get healthy, I think he was the best talent out of that entire group. Well, we're going to find out. Well, he's I, not, I, he's not anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to find out wherever he goes, how good he actually was. Cause that's the thing. It's, two years into his career and we still weren't really sure how good he was. Like I said, those 18 carries for 2.7 yards is, is troubling, but limited amount of action. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you, you may be very correct. It was kind of a similar case with DPJ when he left, obviously it was a loss, but he bet on himself and people were down on him when he got drafted, had a solid year in Cleveland this year and maybe yeah. that'll be in terms of a transfer situation kind of similar with Charbonnet where he goes some somewhere else and thrives he you hope for the sake of this coaching staff that that doesn't happen because it feels like too often here guys are going elsewhere whether it be to other schools or to the NFL and having a lot more success than they had at Michigan 
Man, you, I mean, you see, you, you mentioned DPJ and what he's doing, the way he stepped up when OBJ went down. You see what Rashad Gary's doing now with the Packers, and, and it can be kind of infuriating. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. That's also one more point that I wanted to bring up about the running backs as well is, and you, you brought up, you brought up Alabama and watching that Bama Ohio state game. Thank you, Nick Saban for <laughs> stomping on Ohio state. Appreciate it. Did you notice Bama consistently gets the ball to their best players all the time? Like that's what speed and space should be. How many small slant route screen passes did they design for Devonte Smith? How many quick draw plays did they design for Najee Harris? That to me, I think when you have a running backs room with four or five guys who are seeing playing time, the opportunity to get the ball to your best players in space uh, kind of goes down when you're evenly distributing the carries between several guys on the team. So yeah, I, 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 maybe that's why you're seeing some guys kind of dip out of the program. Obviously playing time is a big reason for it, but it's hard to establish that rhythm and that consistency when you're only seeing the ball three, four, five times a game. Well, it's because what they do and something that needs to change this off season. And, and I won't say it's a culture problem, but it's a, a problem that this coaching staff has created for itself is that they again, choosing my words carefully here. Yep. They like to, they try to rep themselves out of their weaknesses instead of building around their strengths. Like they, they want to put as many snaps on film of, you know, a teachable moment, so to speak, instead of saying, Hey, listen, we have a guy that, uh, you know, maybe we're a little bit better on offense when we, when we attack the edges. No, we, we're just going to keep uh, hammering the line of scrimmage because eventually, because we're Michigan, we're big and we're tough. And eventually we're going to break them. And when they don't break the offense folds, you just, there has to be some, some nuance and some, you know, adaptability to the offense. Cause quite frankly, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with riding the hot hand and, and it's not something that they've really done, especially in the run game over the last couple of years. And that's, that's been troubling because we're heading into year three of Josh Gaddis. And, and I think there's a lot more bad games on film from him right now than there are good ones. So there were six of them this year. So yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. I mean, outside the, the first game was a clinic That's after true. that. Listen, I mean, I know the quarterback thing, but uh, some of the play calling in the run game, it's just not, it hasn't been good. So it need to be better there. And obviously the, the Charbonnet news has overshadowed what we originally wanted to talk about coming in. Cause a big news from a few days ago that has people excited is Mike Hart returning to Ann Arbor to become the running backs coach. Um, you know, we, we knew that they were going to get a new running backs coach, Anthony, I believe uh, you had mentioned a while back. Jay Harbaugh was not going to be coaching the running backs anymore. Um, and, and this is uh, Indiana. Obviously they were fantastic this year. You know, and and I know Mike Hart's been a part of that program for a, a couple of years. I believe Nick Sheridan's the offensive coordinator there too, right? Yeah. So we they got a, they had a couple of, of Michigan boys on the staff, um, but I mean, w- what do you guys think of this, Anthony? I'm really curious uh, what you're thinking of this, right? Because you've been, I don't want to say you haven't been anti Michigan man coaching at Michigan, but you've been sick of the whole Michigan man mantra, I, I suppose. Well, every once in a while, there are exceptions to the rule, right? Like this isn't them bringing in, you know, just throwing a name out there. Oh, our new offensive coordinator is going to be Scott Leffler. Like this isn't that. <laughs> uh, Mike Hart is 
legitimately qualified and he's one of the rising assistant coaches in the game. And like I said, I think it speaks a lot to, you know, does it help that he was at Michigan? Yeah. Those ties are there, but remember as of, you know, 2007, there was a pretty notable and public rift between him and Jim Harbaugh um, with comments that were made about the program and things like that. So this isn't, um, I, I'll say it's not a, a PR hire, but it, it was kind of funny how all of these other coaching hires are kind of leaking through back channels, but my cart that was done in a press release was out. So mm-hmm. there was a little bit of goodwill that went into, um, you know, getting that out there, but I think he's, he's, he's good. And, and I think we just talked about how Michigan needs to start going a little bit more with a hot hand and maybe not establish a quote unquote lead back, but a guy who is going to lead the team and carries pretty much every game. If he's your best running back. And I think when you look at, um, what Indiana's done with Stevie Scott and you go back, look at the other backs that, uh, you know, there, there's been good feedback there every stop of the way from Mike Hart from Eastern Michigan to Western Michigan. He went to Syracuse. He's been in Indiana. Uh, it seemed like this was a, I, I never thought this would happen. Uh, to me, I had similar feelings to this as like Steve Eiserman coming back to the Red Wings where you're like, who he's qualified. And I think he's really good at his job, but I just don't know if it's going to happen here. And it did. And, and I think that's a good thing. And it's a positive thing. And he's someone who I think eventually probably will be an offensive coordinator somewhere might be a head coach somewhere down the line. I mean, that's, I think he was Tom Allen's assistant head coach, like I said before. So I, I think it's a good hire. And I think it's, it, people are right to be excited by that. And, and I know the Michigan man thing persists, but every once in a while, there is a someone who's qualified for that like it or not when like Jim Harbaugh is qualified to, to coach and have this job. Yeah. Mike Hart is qualified to be the running backs coach at the university of Michigan. Uh, I hope it goes a little bit better than the Tyrone Wheatley one did. And not that Wheatley did a bad job, but I think he left on some not so great terms. I hope this goes better than that, but you know, you look at the staff in general and I'm sure we'll talk about some of the other hires too. Everyone's been you know scratching and clawing and screaming from the mountaintops that they want quote unquote, the old Harbaugh back. And what we're seeing, what we're seeing now is that they're not making many changes offensively, but on the defensive side of the ball, pretty much everyone that they've hired or will hire so far. And again, guys like Sean do and Brian Jean Mary are still up in the air, but everyone's like 35 or younger. So they're kind of, he's kind of betting on these younger guys to, I won't say light a fire under himself, but I think it might be easier to get up and go to work every day when you got, hungry up and coming guys all over your staff. So do you, uh, do you think there's a lot of w- with these like young guys there, there's a lot of fresh eyes that, that come with new guys that haven't been around as much and entrenched in maybe uh, a certain way of doing things for so many years. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you, not that Don Brown had a problem communicating with players. I think that's quite the opposite. I mean, more often, almost everyone you talk to would say they'd run through a wall for that guy, but there's a different way. Like players are different now. This isn't, you know, the 1980s, 1990s, where you can kind of get away with just being a hard ass all the time. Like it's, I think it's positive to have guys coaching a team of young men that speaks their language. Hot take. I think that's pretty important. So I don't know what it's going to mean on the field. I mean, this is, again, it's going to be a young team again, but the fact that, like I said, Jim Harbaugh wanted to bet on himself. It has like, it has 
definitely his situation, which is, as we've said before, kind of stability on paper only. It is kind of scared away. Maybe some, some of the more top flight assistance they could have get, but if you're going to, I'd rather them do things like this, than or, or make a hire, like a Mike McDonald, instead of going and getting, you know, Jim Levitt or, or one of his old buddies from the NFL, that's just looking for a retirement gig. Like, I, I think if you're going to gamble on assistance by necessity, I think this is the way to do it. And then I'm not, I'm not worried about lack of recruiting prowess either. I think we've said this before on here. Recruiting basically boils down to how well you sell yourself, how well you sell your program and how you connect with people. It's, it's a, it's a relationship building job. That's all it is. It's, it's not as complicated as people make it out to be. So like I said, I think that when you look at the guys and the criteria that, I mean, there's certainly a checklist of guys that he's bringing in now in terms of what they bring to the table. It's pretty easy to me see, to see what the vision is moving forward. Chris, what were your reactions? Well, I, I have, I have a lot to say about this, actually, a whole lot. And there is – maybe personal isn't the right word, but I guess I have a different perspective about this than probably some other people do. I need to say off the bat, it's a very appealing hire. I'll call it a good hire. It is. like, like we, I'm not going to ignore that fact here. This is a guy who was not – Mike Hart was so good at Michigan. I mean, that dude was just an absolute steamroller. And, prob- and if not for injuries, would have been – probably considered one of the best in the history of, of college football. Dude was an, was a beast at Michigan in terms of sheer volume to, in terms of rushing yardage, the best running back they've ever had. And when you look at the, the string of, of RBs that have come through this school, that's really saying something. The guy did a good job at Indiana and Indiana football. Weirdly, over, I feel like over the next several years is going to become a hotbed of, of a place where teams are going to poach assistance from Mike Hart, is a young guy. And as you kind of alluded to Anthony, young guys, great for recruiting, speak their language. I I think that's all, that's all good. And this is where my perspective will be different than anybody else's, but I born and raised in Lansing. I am uh, woven into Spartan country here, whether I like it or not. And I wanted to spell a myth real quick before anyone jumps on me. Michigan State would have gone on to win three Big Ten titles, even if Mike Hart doesn't make that comment back in 07. Okay, Mike Hart calling Michigan State little brother did not give Mark D'Antonio special powers to become an elite coach. They recruited well. They developed talent well. They masterfully uh, developed these guys. They did a great job of, of strategizing against teams that had superior talent. But Mike Hart is also responsible for probably the greatest bulletin board material in the history of maybe any rivalry and it's been 14 years and I'm more than anyone else. I'm a different person than I was 14 days ago, let alone 14 years. I understand people change, people grow, people make mistakes. They learn, they move on from those mistakes. It's been 14 years. Mike Hart had at least had a try out a little stint in the NFL. He's went to Eastern Michigan. He went to Indiana. A whole lot has changed. And he's never properly, unless I'm wrong, maybe it was written in a publication somewhere, but never in a public matter addressed the fact that on his way out, he made a comment that became the rally cry for one of your biggest rivals for 14 years and continues to carry over to this, to this day. I think Mike Hart is probably a very sharp guy. He was a great player here. I am not, if you asked me, Hey, give me one guy you want to hire as the running backs coach and I could pick any name I wanted, I'd probably say Mike Hart. So many appealing things about it. 
but there is that part of me that that knows that when you think of that that arrogance that people hate about Michigan you if you were to look that up in the dictionary somewhere it would be a picture of his face that people use and that because of that reason there was that part of me that's that was like that shivered a little bit when he was hired once that dust settled I said all right a lot of appealing things about it and I understand completely because the chat has gone completely silent during this whole this whole uh it's not a tirade but this whole soliloquy (laughs) that I'm going on I understand that 90% and I'm probably lowballing it there 90% of Michigan fans will not feel the way that I do but I I haven't seen anyone else throw it out there and I I felt like growing up in these parts I I needed to be the one to kind of get that off my chest here I'm I'm going the other way on that one Chris I want that I hope he hasn't changed to be honest with you he's not going to get the mic time that he did so we don't have to worry about him going to the press and saying a lot of things like that he got. But inside the building, I'm not saying the coaching staff didn't care about beating Michigan State and Ohio State and things like that. Right, right. But Mike Hart hates those guys. Legitimately hates Michigan State. Legitimately hates Ohio State. And he's got the youth, you know. It's going to be different with him beating that drum more so than than maybe some of the other guys. he's, He's been there. And to have a guy like that who's going to bring a lot of energy and a lot of that attitude to really just instilling it in the mind that those are the two most important games of the year. Like, I, I know they get up for it. I'm not saying that that's an issue. A lot of people point that out, like, Ohio right. State cares more. No, I, I don't think that's the case. But I want a guy in there that goes in there every day with that mindset, with that hate, to be quite honest with you. So I think it's a positive, personally. You make a really strong counter argument there. I mean, you really do. It's hard to uh, combat the point that you just made, to be completely honest with you. I just, I would, look, I'll be fine with him doing the whole cocky routine, just how about you contribute? And again, a running backs coach in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, not, not that huge of a decision. It's not like he's a head coach, but if he's a part of a team that wins something here, which they haven't legitimately done since he was a player, then yeah, you want to spout off, go ahead. But it's just like, I, it's, it's been, it's going to be coming up on 17 years since they've legitimately won, uh, had any sort of prominence as a program. So, uh, and somebody just made a comment, uh, a thing in the comment that said, uh, or a, a comment in the chat. Good Lord, Chris, uh, that said Mel Tucker was uh, smoking cigars in, in the backyard <laughs> when this when this stuff happened. Look, I get it. I, I understand all that. And every coach has their way of of recruiting. I just we, but let's not act like Mel Tucker posting a picture of himself smoking a cigar had the same type of impact that Mike Hart's comments did that that's all i'm saying and i understand completely the higher i'm I, I am ultimately a fan of the higher but there i just had to throw out that one little stipulation that kind of stuck in my head when i first heard the news well it goes okay. back to kind of the the way i let it off by saying you know similar to like the uh the you know the joe dumars the alan trammels the steve eisenman's of the world coming home so to speak where there's always in the back of your head like man, this guy was responsible for a lot of good memories from earlier in my life. And I would really hate it if things went poorly for him here. That's, and yeah. I totally get that. That's at the that's same really time. Good, that's a really good way of putting it for, for I, sure. And yeah. I think that the, uh, I think that the best thing you could say about this hire uh, above all the other hires they make is that if you're just sitting there and you're Jim Harbaugh and, and you're, you're getting an objective opinion from someone mm-hmm. asking, I'd like to hire a running backs coach 
who can I get that's, you know, can I go get the best running backs coach in the country? I don't know how many more better guys that are, you know, again, I don't keep tabs on all whatever it is, 128 FBS programs, but I don't know if there are many guys that are probably better or more qualified than Mike Hart to do that. For sure. And it, the fact that he is a Michigan guy, a Michigan man, so to speak, I do think it's important. I don't know. This is the first guy of that era or one of the guys. I don't know who else from that, that era of teams is in coaching right now. Well, we just had Chad Henney go out there and win the uh, divisional game for the Chiefs yesterday. So, right. Occupied. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, from, yeah, that's crazy too. Um, I think there's a lot of value in, having a guy here that was here for that success. Like Jim Harbaugh is one thing like that was 30 years ago, but I'll, I'll, and again, I know it's, we're getting the further and further we get from that. The younger these recruits are getting the less they're remembering Michigan being good, but being coached by a guy who you don't have to, the internet existed when Michigan football was good uh, being coached by that guy. And, and hopefully he can just kind of be a tone setter uh, for you know, the, t- the type of, you know, we hear all the time about Michigan alums that are upset with the culture, things that are going on. Well, now you have one, not only at head coach, but you have one in, in a position of power at the running back spot too. And, you know, I think that the word, like what comes out of his mouth, if you're a young guy in that room, I think maybe carries a little bit more weight to me. And that's not no disrespect to Jay Harbaugh, but uh, Jay Harbaugh is not as accomplished a guy as Mike Hart was. And, Right. There's a reason he's sliding over to special teams. Like this, this is what it is and it works for everyone. So I think that that hire and, and the command of, you know, the knowledge, it, it is a recent history as long as it, you know, it feels like it wasn't, but 2007 wasn't that long ago or the time he was here wasn't that long ago. So to have that guy in your ear and, and coaching you now is, I do think there's value in that. Yeah. And I, that, I, sorry, Luke, real, real quick. I just got to yep, make one good. more point. It's, Look, if he if he sets the tone, if he instills that kind of that toughness, that attitude in the running backs that we've maybe seen in glimpses, but not as a whole over the last 14 years. Great. It's just the last thing like I, it's been a couple of years now. So I, I and he's been graduated. He's in the NFL. But like one of the douchiest moments like in the history of Michigan football was they beat Michigan State in 2018 and Chase Winovich is still spouting off with the little brother stuff. And I love Chase Winovich He's one of my all time favorite Michigan players, but just like I don't. I don't want to see that again. Like it just reeks of not just entitlement, but just like a lack of, of understanding of the moment where it's like, guys, you haven't, you haven't won anything in 17 years. Like, like put your head down. If you want to talk, you know what in the locker room, Hey man, go ahead. But I, that's, yeah, that, that's the point I need to bring up and I'm probably hammering it home a little bit too much, but yeah. Well, we, we've got some other news that we need to get to regarding a future Michigan Wolverine, but we do got to take a quick break. So uh, when we come back, we got some news coming up about a, a top 100 player with the Wolverines making a, a bit of a surprising announcement. That's coming up next on Brewcast. Hey guys, Anthony from Mies and Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast, homefieldapparel.com. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own. Homefield launched its Michigan collection in early November with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the Wolverines. Everything they do and design for all schools. 
comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota State gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Maize and Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite in your collection. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back in on Brewcast. Luke Giardi, Chris Castellani, Anthony Broom, January 18th the Monday, headed into Tuesday. Appreciate everyone here on Twitch. Uh, the chat's been going crazy. If you're listening yeah. on the podcast, please join us on Twitch every Monday night. We have so much fun, 7.30 p.m. Um, but we do have some news regarding a top 100 player uh, in the 2021 recruiting class, Xavier Worthy. Uh, This was pointed out, I think Sam Webb may have alluded to it maybe a week ago, something like that, but it was officially made here today by Xavier Worthy on Twitter about three or four minutes before we went live on Brewcast. What's that, Anthony? Can I say something really quick about um, message board culture? Um, And this is a small rant, and this this is no disrespect to any of the reporters, but when this information is behind a paywall and then a kid makes it, you know, like a week ago, and then a kid makes it official. And then you get comments from people or, or tweets like, where are you been? This came out a week ago. Listen, not everyone has, I mean, we have access to it, but like not everyone is privileged to that information. And that's why right. there's no whole industry around it. So can we not be so like, everyone's, everyone's condescending quick to do about that, it, man. You're, right. you're climbing an uphill battle by saying that, but if by uh. asking, well, I'm not. I'm not seeking to stop it. I'm just telling you that right. if you're this that is that's person, that's the old that's the old adage that we got going now is it's better to be first than to be right. You know. Well, and here's but, like I'm not going to go on too much of a rant about this, but like uh, there are times where people complain about the stuff that we post on the site, and I'm like, we're giving this to you for free. <laughs> like you you can consume or not consume any of it. <laughs> like that's your choice. That we're just we're just don't shoot the messenger. 
Right. It makes it official. We post it. I don't care if you heard it from whoever two weeks ago. Like it's official now. By the way, I don't even think we said it. Uh, Xavier Worthy, not going to be enrolling early here at Michigan. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so what what does this mean? Because I don't really – so ever since they went to the the early signing period, ever since that became a thing, they started doing it in December instead of the big day in February. I know he signed his letter of intent. Now, used to be – you couldn't really get out of a letter of intent. Is that still the case? Even with the two signing days, could he still get out of the letter of intent? If, if he has second thoughts about coming to Michigan, does, is that what this means? Or is he just not ready to enroll early? Like what, is, what are the tea leaves saying? As you like to say, Anthony, uh, I think this is more some kind of, again, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't have, it seems like there's some kind of academic thing going on. Um, not that he doesn't have the grades to get in, but uh you know, enrolling early, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, hoops to jump through, so to speak. So I don't have any, you know, like I said, I don't, there's no reason to think he's not going to be here. Uh, in fact, there was, again, I'm bemoaning, I'm not bemoaning the pay sites. That was more of a people thing, but um, there was a report, I believe from EJ Holland, like literally maybe a half hour before Xavier Worthy made it official himself that said he was going to enroll early and that, the players were excited to have him on campus and things like that. So um, it also speaks to how quickly information moves and also how all of the inside information that's out there isn't always you know, the gospel truth. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's tough. That's a guy you'd like to see get, you know, you talk about someone who is Devonte Smith esque, like he's certainly a guy who's a burner like that. Um, so you'd love to get him as many snaps as he can early on. And that's, the problem with it at Michigan is that they make it very difficult for guys that do come in fall camp to get on the field because there's the bridge program. We could probably do a whole podcast on that and maybe we will later at some point, but um, you know, additional responsibilities that go with your, your starting school in the summer and things like that. So the fact that, you know, uh, for someone at Michigan to not be able to enroll early, there are some more, like I said, more hoops, more obstacles into getting on the field early. So that's why typically speaking, if you're going to get players that do play early, they're the ones that show up in January or December. And, you know, in rare cases, you might have a five-star that shows up in June and, and that guy's going to play because he's just better than everyone else. But like I said, I, more often than not, the guys that do kind of factor into some of these, these camp battles as freshmen are the guys that, have been there for a couple months already. So it is a bummer uh, from that standpoint. This, uh, this may shock people, but I am capable of admitting when I may not be as knowledgeable on a topic as some other people. And this is one of those instances where I, I, I don't understand completely that world, like the ins and outs, the goings on of what leads to a player enrolling early, why they shouldn't. I mean, I understand why they should, but why they wouldn't I like all, a lot of that stuff when it comes to recruiting, not as well versed. So I don't have a ton to say about it. The one thing I will add just as someone who's a fan of the program, I, I it's too bad. I mean, I, I do think ha, being on campus as an incoming freshman in the spring, I think it makes a big deal of difference. And we've seen it before in 2000 and we're going back here a ways, but this is the best example I could think of in 2009, 
Tate Forcier would not have been the starting quarterback if he wouldn't have enrolled early. He enrolled early, played very well in the spring game against a defense that was Swiss cheese, but we can ignore that. Played very well in the spring game. Denard Robinson did not enroll early, came in in, in the fall slash summer of 2009. Tate took the job. One year later, it was Denard's job for three more years until he got injured and, and Devin Gardner took it over. So I think it does make a difference. This is a team that is in desperate need of a, in a, a generational skill position player. I'm not saying that this is going to be the guy, but it is, it is unfortunate that a, a person who could potentially, maybe not next year, but down the road, be a, a phenomenal player for you probably won't get as many reps his freshman season as he could have because he just won't have the opportunities to show his skill set in practice in the spring. Well, I think this is one of the positions. This and defensive back are, are probably uh, particularly corner are, are the two that I don't think that it matters that much that he's not enrolling early. And that's only because it's really hard for true freshman wide receivers and true freshman corners to come in and make an impact right away. So yeah. Xavier Worthy probably wasn't like, like we saw AJ Henning had actually had a decent freshman year. He had some flashes here and there, but obviously, and, and even throwing it back to the, the abysmal 2017 season, you know, Mi Michigan loses everyone that caught a pass in 2016. For the most part, they try and replace him pretty much with, with true freshman uh, Tariq black had a couple good games before he got hurt, but you know, DPJ, he struggled that year. We, we barely saw Nico on the field as a true freshman. It's, it's just really hard to come in. And we, we've talked about it. The wide receiver room is going to be pretty crowded. You, you've got Ronnie Bell. AJ Henning is going to be taking a big step up. You, you've got, um, you know, uh, all these other guys as well that, that are contributing there. So Xavier Worthy, he's, he's a potentially, you know, transcendent talent. But as a true freshman, probably wasn't going to make a huge impact. So if he comes in the spring or comes in in the fall, regardless, probably not going to be making an impact until next year anyway. So I don't think it, it, it as long as he comes, it doesn't matter that That's much. true. Yeah. Especially given what, you know, the season they just had, as long as they can maintain as much of the recruiting class they currently have as they can success. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think that covers just about everything on a pretty newsworthy day. Uh, we, we leave anything out here today? I mean, uh, we got a new safeties coach. There's there's about three linebackers coaches on the staff now, <laughs> but we kind of talked about that. Let's run through that really quick. Um, so, like I said before, outside of Mike Hart and Jay Harbaugh moving to special teams, not a ton of changes coming offensively. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to coach the quarterbacks. That's my understanding. I mean, that's my understanding. That's everyone's understanding of it right now. I think they'll have the staff finalized by the end of the week. That's a gut feeling mixed with some things I've been hearing. Um, not sure what's going on uh, with Sean Nua and Brian Jean Mary. Uh, again, there's the reports that Michigan's trying to hire Christian Robinson from Florida. Florida's kind of fighting back against that, offering an, up, uh, an extension, a, a bump in pay. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Mike McDonald's locked in as defensive coordinator. We've got, uh, I'm sorry, I just forgot the gentleman's name. Uh, Greg, Greg Harlow. Is that right? I just wrote the story on it. Uh, <laughs> George Harlow, my bad. Or George, he hello, hello, Hilo, whatever it is. Um, still learning it. It yeah. dropped just before we went to air, but he's in as the safeties coach. Sounds like Jesse Minter from the, the Ravens will, will coach the cornerbacks. Just waiting for that to be official. 
So again, uh, we talked about youth on the staff. It's definitely coming. Um, the next moves are to see who coaches the defensive line, who ultimately coaches the linebackers. And uh, like I said, they have 10 assistants uh, that they can have on the staff at once. So I think that once that's figured out, you can finally start to move on and get going with offseason stuff. Uh, the early enrollees that are coming are on campus now. They're all locked in, guys like J.J. McCarthy and things like that. So that's good. Uh, other than that, that's where we're at right now. So hopefully by the end of this week, Jim Harbaugh's 2021 football staff will be locked in. Chris, anything to add on that? Uh, not on that. No, not on that. I'll, the other thing I want to promote, I'll just do when we do the social media stuff. So, no, I'm good. All righty. Well, Chris, where can we find you on social media? Well, I'm on social media at Castellani2014. I've been away for a while. You know, I, I don't know. I'll come back at some point. But uh, there you will find the links to uh, my YouTube page. Just did a movie review for the Amazon Prime film One Night in Miami. Highly recommend it. One of the better movies of 2020. And I have another show at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, uh, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. You can subscribe there. Spotify, wherever. Leave a written positive five-star review. That'd be much appreciated. And also... Uh, in case anyone's wondering why we didn't talk hoops, we love Michigan hoops so much. We have an entire show dedicated to it. And you can listen to that. We record them on Sunday nights. Anthony posts them on Monday mornings. We just on our recent show covered the week that was with the dominant win against Wisconsin and the tough loss on the road against Minnesota. Really enjoy doing those uh, really a lot of fun. And, and I want to give, I want to really push that because I think this team's doing some really awesome things and I don't want anyone to feel like that program that uh, what Juwan's doing is, is slighted uh, even, even a little bit. I love talking about that team and covering them. So listen to all those podcasts and follow me on all those platforms would be much appreciated. And I do want to point out, we we do have the basketball podcast, but as we, you know, progress throughout the season, we're still going to talk hoops on this show. It just so happened that, 7,000 things regarding right. Michigan football all, all dropped here today. So, Anthony, uh, where can we uh, find – or oh, go ahead, Chris. Real quick. Eventually, this football team is going to give us stuff – is going to stop giving us stuff to talk about. And when that happens, we'll be happy to cover uh, the, the Hoops program on both shows. Anthony, where can we find you, man? Find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Uh, find us, like I said, wherever you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. The Discord is up and running. Uh, I need to blast that back out to the socials, but we finally got some new cooler stuff in there. Again, leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate all of the good feedback, five-star reviews uh, and things like that. So like I said, appreciate your time. I know uh, eventually podcasting will, uh, you know, we, we say the well will run dry, but we managed to do several months of shows during a pandemic with not a lot to talk about. So that's fair. as long as the three of us are, are down for it, you'll have a podcast from us. So um, yeah, appreciate everyone's time. Appreciate the the chats and the hangs with you guys and uh, good show. And at this point, it's been what, like two months since Michigan football's ended. I think every show we've had something to talk about. So they're just a content farm is the football program right now. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Brewcast show page as well. We're going to be pumping out, you know, when we're going live on Twitch and things like that on there. Uh, so definitely check that out. As Anthony said, you know, subscribe, rate, le- rate, leave a review if you're listening on the show. Uh, for those of you that joined us on Twitch here tonight, really appreciate it. The comment section was very entertaining. I love it. It's uh, it's really added something to, to record 
recording this show, uh, to be quite honest with you. So appreciate you all for hopping into Twitch and joining the conversation. If you're listening on the podcast, we do broadcast live on Twitch, record the show live on Twitch every Monday night at 7.30. Make sure to follow Mason Brew on Twitch. So for my partners, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.